So here's a question for you. How do women like us who have talent, experience, and who refuse to undersell ourselves and undervalue our potential, how do we build a business to leave our footprints on the world and still remain there for ourselves, our families, and our friends? And that is the million dollar question, my friends, and this podcast will give you the answers. Hello, my dear. Thank you for coming to our Women Entrepreneurs podcast. How are you? Thank you. Very good in Barcelona. Enjoying a little bit the good weather before Zurich winter. <laughs> yeah, can I come? <laughs> yeah, sure. Always invited. Awesome. Um, Melissa, you are an incredible person, very special. Who are you? Let our listeners know a bit more about you. Nice. After this introduction, it's going to be hard. I'm going to try. Uh, so I'm originally Spanish for the ones that didn't get the accent yet, which is probably not, no one. <laughs> Uh, I was born in France, but grew up in Barcelona, uh, and I was partner in the biggest branding agency uh, in Spain for almost 10 years, uh, for who I opened the first international op office in Tel Aviv, where I lived for almost nine years, and after that opened an office in Miami and then in Guatemala. I was managing uh, multinationals like Nestle, Danone, Nike, among others, and uh, working on the creation of new brands and positioning of, of their brands. Last year, I moved to Zurich with my family. I have two kids, almost five and almost three. Uh, and in the last year, I decided to change also my career. I sold my shares that I had in the company, developed a methodology that is called In and Out uh, to help brands and companies understand. What, one moment, we will go into that. Yeah, okay. So this is me. <laughs> Wonderful. So why would someone leave such a job or such an incredible mm -hmm. career? Why would you change? That's a good question that many people ask me. Um, sometimes when you get somewhere you thought you wanted to be, uh, you still feel empty somehow, no? I think it's it's common when you arrive to a management position, some people realize that actually they are not meant to be managers. Uh, it was my case. I found myself managing people and in the top of the company, but uh, I w didn't feel fulfilled. I felt that I was uh, not doing what I really believed in and that uh, I was losing direction, that I was not nurturing myself. And in order to, let's say, listen to myself and what I wanted to, to do again, I had to take distance from the management positions, which was all about running, you know, and not stopping to think. Yeah. Yes. So that's why. So what is fulfilling you um, in a business perspective? So this answer, I could answer it only after I did the break, actually, because before that, I didn't think about it. I just run. Um, and the answer today, it's, it's actually I, I, what I realized is that I love working with other talented people. This is number one uh, and learn from other people every day. Uh, number two, to help 
people succeed, people that have the potential to succeed, and sometimes they just lack confidence or direction or, or something, no? And, and I had the opportunity to have a wonderful education uh, in Spain and in the States and, and access to multinationals. So I love to share this with people and help them succeed, no? Sometimes it's, this is what drives me actually a lot. And helping, while doing my job, helping the world to be a little bit better and not only helping to make more money, no? Which is what I was doing actually before and and I didn't feel fulfilled about it. Well, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. So why is it that, um, or how, how did you then start from this very high up position with a very new business? So first taking time to get bored <laughs> <laughs> because it's actually super important, you know, like uh, we have a problem that we are ultra busy and we need to be it's like addictive no when you have a very high position you are used to have 150 emails in your inbox and 30 calls a day and we don't when you don't have it you feel empty no so you need to learn again to be bored to become creative again no so first i got bored i was actually just enjoying nature no phone calls <laughs> no emails and then I started to be creative again and I started to read a lot. I read a lot in the first uh, months, all the books I wanted to read. I did a lot of uh, courses and that were interesting me as a person, not as a professional, but that were fulfilling me. Mm-hmm. And this is how I reinvented myself by, by, by understanding what would be my next steps in terms of being loyal to myself, no? So, so I did a list of all the things that uh, I wanted to have in my next adventure. And then I realized also that I didn't want to be a manager or a, or a typical manager because I, I'm a little bit a free soul. No? And, and uh, it was important in my next adventure that I would keep that balance, family work balance that I found uh, that I didn't have before. Uh, and I knew this was only possible if I would be owner of my time. So yeah. it was an important, important decision. So, so many people, uh, you just mentioned time, so I want to tap into that. So many uh, entrepreneurs struggle with the question when they start up about time and money. How was that with you mm-hmm. and how would you um, uh, recommend to others should they approach the, the, the subject? It's very hard. Uh, I mean, in my case, I could allow myself not to work for a year because I was for a long time working very high. So I had this possibility, but I didn't actually, but I could have. So it gave me some reassurance, of course, to have some money on the side, I think helps. Um, I think the couple also is important. Let's not put it uh, as something that it's not. I mean, we are a team, at least me with my husband, and I think it's important when you become an entrepreneur to understand that all the family needs to agree. It's like a family decision. The whole family become an entrepreneur, no? So I think first, this needs to be clear emotionally and financially, all the family need to support it. And uh, then to not let's say what I did was while I got a lot of opportunities of uh, freelancing while I was designing, let's say my new business and I was doing it while working. I was not 
uh, putting myself crazy timelines uh, like no I need to first and like I was not a perfectionist I would say that uh, being a perfectionist when you're an entrepreneur it's a mistake yeah. I did it when I first opened the office in Tel Aviv when I opened Maria's in Tel Aviv I was a perfectionist and this was a mistake that took me almost two years to repair so this time I was not a perfectionist I, I let things happen to me while doing and I learned by doing, and I think this is important because by doing that, you then get a little bit of money and then you keep going. Yeah, and not having the perfect product or the perfect service before you start, just shaping by doing, learning by doing, and then many times you think, no, I'm not ready, but actually you are ready because your brain is there. That's the only thing you need to start. So that's the thing that will make you keep going to have something uh, going on no? because to work alone it's very hard so the moment you have some activities some clients some things some people talking to you this is the way to go i think yes so what is your business about now we're really curious <laughs> so yeah so while uh, while being uh, this uh, boring time i was bouldering a lot but not only that uh, <laughs> I was actually developing a methodology uh, to help businesses understand that uh, purpose it's it's the way today to go in all the senses in the organization. No, in general, what happened and this I felt it during my years in in Marias is that almost half of consumers, forty two percent actually, don't trust businesses anymore. No, this is a crazy amount of people. Uh, and governments either, either even no. So it happened because many businesses actually and many advertising and branding agencies did some very non-ethical work or were telling lies, you know, to sell more. So now consumers are savvy; they they don't trust businesses anymore. So it leads to to a very simple, uh, let's say, reaction of the market, which is that what happens inside and outside of the organization. It's the same today, no? So before in branding, we could say things and the organization could do other things inside. Today, it's not the case anymore, no? You, I say to clients, you live in a glass window, permanent glass window, and whatever you do in the office, consumers are seeing it today, no? So you need to, to, to show the heart of the organizations for consumers to trust you again. And this heart is the purpose, no? So what are you trying to do for me that is beyond making money? Um, some people think, ah, you do NGO work. No, <laughs> actually no, because consumers, when they get what's the purpose of the brand and they connect to that purpose, that they become very loyal to the brand. And actually this brings more profit to the company, which allows the company to invest even more in purpose. And it's actually what I call the perpetual purpose circle. No, it's, it's the way to grow and, and I think it's the only way to grow. So what we do is to help uh, leaders and organizations and brands to, to be purpose-driven from the beginning and take purpose-driven decisions and then transform it or translate it into, into copywriting, storytelling, creativity, you know, even design, but everything that will help connect with the right consumers and, and communicate the right purpose. So that's what we do. That is so beautiful. Like that is really something very, very timely 
And I, I think like you're really ahead of time with this um, and many corporates and businesses will learn this only over the coming decades, right? I think that purpose has been a hot topic for many, for a long time. And, and we heard about purpose and mission. Marketing managers were putting it on a PowerPoint slide because it was nice for many years. Right. <laughs> but um, very few understand like that is actually driving the organization. No? You are not driving the organization, but this purpose is going to drive the organization from now on. Some companies did understand like, the example I always go give because it's very easy to understand, it's Patagonia, no? which is yeah. a company that transformed with a new CEO, a woman, actually, very, very powerful, that transformed the organization and the way to transform the organization was to go back to purpose and refuse some agreements with co some companies that were not sustainable, create campaigns against some decisions of Trump in the United States. So she really took a stand. And, and Patagonia actually now uh, made a lot of profit and multiplied their sales thanks to this decision. So some companies are already are already taking purpose very seriously, but very linked to the leader. No, at the end, yeah. leadership is are the only ones that can make a change. I cannot come to a company and and not go along with the leadership. So sometimes clients come and they are not interested in purpose so then you cannot do anything to force it so at the moment it's still let's say a trend but in the next 10 years it's going to be a norm yes i would say in management i truly hope it is and that we don't have to wait for it too long <laughs> so melissa exactly. i know that you have a very special business model would you like to share with us uh, how this works for you? The methodology, you mean, Nadi? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we developed a methodology that is called In and Out, and that now that with all the intro I did, you're gonna understand very easily. It has many meanings, but it's it's starting always from the inside of the organizations and making the clients really 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 forget about their service and products it's hard because especially in entrepreneurs and because many entrepreneurs they are very attached to their product no? which is a, a very common mistake it's okay but actually uh, we force in the in phase the organization to forget about their product and their service no and we tell them listen we don't even care what you do it's hard but we don't care we want to know why you wake up in the morning every day no what is your dream and the product it's only an enabler to this dream no and tomorrow you do today you sell cosmetics and tomorrow you may be doing a home deco and after that you may be doing consultancy and after that but what you what's your dream it's not going to change no so many times we find that companies don't have the answer in small teams it's harder because the entrepreneur can work we work with the entrepreneur uh, to to go drill down with a lot of gamification we do a lot of games um, that help the entrepreneurs to to get out of their business and play and and really drill down their their dream and when it's big organizations with management sometimes we have eight management people and eight different answers no so we align them and and we really work on on defining this purpose or this stand for in a sentence so in this first phase, the purpose needs to be uh, authentic, which is this phase that I just described, something that is really happening. Sorry. 
yeah, something that is really happening to the entrepreneur or the organization and then needs to be relevant because sometimes we have a dream we have a purpose but no one cares no so we analyze the target market the consumer behavior the trends everything happening with interviews and we try to see where are the matches between the purpose of the company and the person and actually the purpose of the consumers no and where there is a match like a very simple one can be saving the planet no we know it's relevant for center people another one can be animals another one can be just protecting your local community i don't know there are many many ways no so and then understanding that the targets are going to be the ones, actually, your target market, that share your purpose. And the ones that don't share your purpose are not your target. So this is also a new way to talk about uh, consumers, not ages or sex or things like that anymore, more sharing the purpose with you. No? So this is the in phase. Then in the end phase is what we call the bridge. In the bridge, we go to what we call creative strategy. And it's like, okay, so how can we explain all that to people outside the organization, to shareholders and to, and to employees no? and, and people inside the organization? And this is a set, of, it's a multidisciplinary team where we mix copywriting, art, uh, storytellers, photographers, and it's a combination to create a creative concept. Uh, concept it's important because it's not only design no it's it's conceptual how to talk to the other person yeah you want to say something yeah, yeah. No, so this is something that you do in a very special way yeah it's special because for many time for, for a long time design was about nice no and this is nice today no design needs to be right no design is a way to talk how actually copywriting it's more important than graphic design today for brands how we talk, the tone of the brand, what they say, like this poster you have here, let your smile change the world, but don't let the world change your smile, no? So this is a motivational sentence. Yeah. And, and this is exactly what brands need to work today. They need to have a personality. So a personality that is about talking, is about being alive in digital. So the color of the logo mm, is not, as important anymore you know yeah. so it's really about creating a person almost it's a person that is talking no so this needs a lot of creative tools that will be consistent with your purpose and with your business and then in the out phase it's only about how to lay it out how do we tell it to consumers how do we tell it to team and how we tell it to investors so that's that's about it so from the purpose we build the whole the whole message yeah interesting and you you have all the, like it's it's a very interesting way to look at things because it's outside mainstream and that's how you know people get um get uh, can cut through the noise that all the marketing world is doing right yeah completely there is a big big huge problem of differentiation i mean branding uh Branding actually started being, the beginning of branding was brands uh, marking with fire their products. This is what was called branding, which I call marking because it was almost nothing, just a mark, no? This is the beginning of branding, to differentiate it, no? Yeah. And today, differentiate, we still want to differentiate. We are still doing the same, <laughs> but marking with fire is not enough. But yeah, their consumers are overwhelmed. They are overwhelmed. We have access to too much too many technologies, too, too many messages, too many. 
it's overwhelming for consumers. They are even scared now about brands. It's even scary. It's, it's incredible, but it's like, I don't trust anyone. They want to sell me something. There is really a relationship that we need to rebuild. No, it's like uh, our job is to, to make people understand that, that organizations and brands can also be nice and do things with some moral and, and we are not only trying to sell, you know, and this is, we need to re, to go back now. It's, it's incredible, but it's like going back to rebuild the base before trying to do something else. Yes. And you've also told me in our conversation earlier that um, in your company itself, that you have a very special way of working with other experts. How do you do that? Yes, so basically when I was developing the methodology, I then uh, started thinking how I was going to build the company, which I think we all thought about that now. At some point, we arrived to that moment. And I realized that actually one of the problems was that if I would have a typical company with employees, we would end up ourselves losing the way, no? Because we wouldn't be really about uh, this meaningful or this purpose uh, lifestyle that, that I was looking for. And then the second thing I saw is that the most talented consultants and creative people, oh, yeah, you hear me? Yeah. In my industry, the most talented ones, uh, they couldn't be creative anymore in a traditional company environment. People cannot be 12 hours in front of a computer and ask them to think out of the box. It's impossible. So uh, the best people started to be freelancers, independent, and that actually what was happening to consumers, it's also happening to employees. They want to have a meaningful life. People want to have meaningful projects. They are willing to give up on money to do things that matter, no? So this is exactly the people I wanted in my team. So basically we created a, net, a network of, uh, we're around 30 now, uh, independent uh, consultants and creative people around the world that we join forces through Brandbook. And every time there is a project that enters, we create a team of a multidisciplinary team uh, that will fit uh, the most uh, the project. But we also share uh, knowledge. We also share, we, we, we do live events and we share articles, which is very important because these people like me, we, we like to be free, but we love to be part of a community and sharing knowledge and work with other talented people. So if the best of both worlds, no? you have the capability to be free and then become creative, but also to belong to something. So actually we are launching officially in November until now we were like in silent launch. Like we will getting clients from word of mouth. And as I said, learning by doing in November, we are officially launching. Uh, but until now it has been amazing. The result of mixing talented people that feel free and feel respected in their terms uh, is a very, very different dynamic than than when working with full-time employees very different dynamic and i and i also think actually that traditional organizations will have to change in that matter too uh, because employees are are not getting anything good from it uh, as reports are saying yeah yeah so melissa what is your superpower my superpower Okay, let me think. Mm, I think I'm, 
at work or <laughs> in general? <laughs> no, I think in general. Yeah, I think I'm very good at understanding what people need. I get very fast people and uh, I, I can adapt to every people needs and I understand them very quick. Yeah, you want to have more numbers? <laughs> no, it's okay. The, the second one is like most of the moms would say, I can do a thousand things at the same time, no? I think we are related. That was actually going to my next question. So how do you do all of that as a mompreneur? Yeah, and, and as a mom entrepreneur that they don't have a family at all in Switzerland. But um, actually, I would repeat what I said first. First, with the support of your partner, I would say this is number one. And number two, being very creative also in how you organize uh, your time. Actually, you know a lot about it, Nadine. You are also very creative about that. And you and being very, very, very organized. I think that uh, my calendar has six different colors. One is for my son. The other one is for my daughter. The other one is family events. The other one is meetings. The other one is people I need to call. Like, And every week, I fill all the gaps of my days. And I know exactly what I'm going to do from 9 to 10, from 10 to 11, from 11 to 12. I don't leave like anything open. I think you, actually that's the only way. For, I mean, it works for me, being really, really organized and making sure it's balanced, no? that the colors are not all meetings, not all kids, and, <laughs> and making sure it's, it's, it's fitting. Mm -hmm. And I say that, I think that we are actually, when you become organized, women in general, we are very productive. We can do in an hour, a lot of things so so it's not about how long do you work actually it's not yeah. that important in an hour sometimes we can do things that someone else can do in four hours so it's about getting things done and being organized and it fits 50 percent of the week it's enough it's enough to to get things done yes and if now <laughs> you would have a magic wand in your hand what would you like to do with it, change in the world, uh, accomplish with it? Hmm. That's an interesting question. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking. I mean, of course, for me, what I, what I do, it's, I really believe on it, no? So it's related because I, I actually there is a book that I recommend to everyone that is called Conscious Capitalism that was written by by the founder of Whole Foods that talks about exactly that no that we confused was the real meaning of capitalism no and that uh, the world went to a direction that we need to to take back so I really believe that we are all responsible to do things um, to change a little bit the world uh, slowly, no? And that's why I really believe on what I do because I, I don't think it's only about one thing or the other. It's, I think it's about uh, finding the right balance between your own uh, benefit and your own interest and the society and the planet at large, no? Uh, so if I could now change something, I would, make people understand that finding this balance is the real is the real change no uh, and and if everyone would have a balance all the companies in the world i always say it, if tomorrow all companies in the world and everyone 
with understanding that their own interests can also fit the society at large, we would live all better, us and the society and the planet. So, And my last question is, if there is one tip that you could give to our fabulous women entrepreneur listeners, what uh, do they need to know as they're going out and about in their business? Mm, I'm going to make two tips. Don't listen to anyone, even me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean... No, I, I, I'm, I went to the extreme. No, you can listen, you can read, but sometimes we are so much about uh, listening to others. Like today, we are overwhelmed again by how to do things and this book about how to entrepreneur and this, and this didn't exist before and people weren't feeling their gut, sorry, and then succeeding. No? So sometimes take time to get bored and 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 listen to what you want to do and even if it goes against what everyone is telling you do it and and this is important because sometimes we spend too long listening to others um and and second i would say do mistakes do mistakes because i i was really terrified by mistakes when i started and 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 this was the mistake. <laughs> uh, I, w- I, I was a perfectionist, as I said, and I didn't feel oh, I was doing things right. And today I feel confident, as you can hear it probably. I'm very confident and I'm very relaxed about what I'm doing because mm-hmm. of those mistakes, because of that mistakes. No? So I wouldn't have, I, I, I couldn't have done what I did now without these mistakes that I did at the beginning. So embrace them and 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 make sure you do mistakes before you start. It's that's very important. Thank you very much, Melissa. That was a very inspiring interview, and I'm sure we've learned uh, all a lot. Although we're not going to listen now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really had very some good. interesting takeaways, and I hope you all enjoyed that interview. Thank you very much, Melissa. Thank you, Nadine, and uh, good luck to all of you. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're working hard to bring you the best content to make sure that you can have it all. And if you like this podcast, don't forget to subscribe and share with other fabulous women entrepreneurs. You can find more content on our website, fabulous-womentrepreneurs.com and on our social media at Fabulous Women Entrepreneurs. We appreciate you and the time you are investing in yourself. Have a fabulous day. Ciao.